welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker. Today, Chris Dreyer, the CEO and co-founder of Rankings.io, will join me. He runs an Illinois-based SEO company that helps elite personal injury law firms dominate the SERPs. His company has made it to Inc. 5000 the last three years in a row. He's also the founder of ESQ Marketing, a firm that specializes in legal SEO. On top of that, Chris hosts the Ranking Podcast, where he interviews top entrepreneurs and personal law attorneys. On today's episode, we'll discuss what it's like to work in a niche market. He's also going to share tips for entrepreneurs who are struggling to find their niche. Since we're talking about niches, I'm going to take a quick moment to tell my listeners about mine. I have two decades of experience in end-to-end digital marketing. My expert team of strategists, writers, and editors will look after all of your digital marketing needs, from content marketing to PR. For more information on how we can help you, head over to our website at shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com. And with that, it's time to get back to this episode. All right, you guys. Hey, excited today. We've got uh, Marketing Growth Podcast, and we have an old friend of mine, Chris Dreyer, today, man. Hey, welcome to the podcast, bud. Shane, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. I know we've been, you know, it's so funny. I think we've crossed paths at, um, I don't know about events, maybe at events, but definitely online. I've been seeing you here, there, and and you've been doing some big things. I've been uh, impressed on on how you've built out a nice little niche for yourself. And I will kind of jump into that a little later. I, I know that's one of the hardest things to do just with, and you know, even with my clients and, you know, doing yourself as always, you always do so many different things. And there gets a point where you're like, I think this is a sweet spot. And I want to talk about that a little later on how you niche down on that. But let's get to know a little bit about yourself. Let's know a little bit more about, about Mr. Dreyer himself. So where did you grow up, man? I grew up in this little town. It was, geez, Elkville, Illinois. My high school, I was a graduating uh, with a class of 28 kids. 28. Yeah, 28, massive. I had a little bit of shock going to college. Oh, yeah. Geez, there were all these people, people. But fortunately, I did a couple things early. Well, I haven't told many people this, but I actually did telemarketing for like a year. And it really helped me with sales. It helped me, you know, be more comfortable talking to people. And then I did, I waited tables for three years while I was going to college. So really help with the customer service side of things. You know, it's dude, it's so funny. So we have a very, very similar background. So the telemarketing thing, and I had my, my son that jumped into telemarketing and I'm like, listen, you're probably not going to like it, right? For the most part. But the thing is, it's going to help you with working with people and the psychology of people and how, you know, people are saying no and people are saying yes. And, you know, and I think it's really important. And the other side of that is, is restaurants. I've always said, my wife and I've always joked around about, you think that somebody should work in a restaurant at least, three, six months out in their life, you know, just to understand working with people, but also how you should treat people. You need know, to get some people. And I, I used to work at, um, and this is, you know, I call this is like Shane 3.0. This is Shane 1.0 long, many moons ago, but you know, I used to work for Chevy's Mexican restaurant. I don't know if you guys. Oh have yeah. Those. There's one, there's one really close. Yeah. Is there, oh, awesome. So I used to open those like all over the nation. And so I'd start off as a busser and literally made my way up through the ranks. So that background of, of customer service, their thing was always service beyond expectation was always the, the thing. So it's funny that you have that kind of that similar background. I, I love that. It's, I think it's important because then you understand how to work with people and treat people. And, um, you know, I don't know. I think that's, that's, a, that's a good background to have. I know telemarketing is not easy. Um, no. It is not fun. I mean, we were doing, I was doing it for mortgages. 
And I just remember every time I would go to make that phone call, I was like, oh God, I'm harassing somebody. And I was, and they would, and this is a funny part. It was my buddies. I'm not going to go too deep in this, but it was my buddy's mortgage company. And he's like, Hey Shane, you got a good mouthpiece. Like, come on in, like you do, you'll crush it in this place. So I come in and they would do, they would do meetings on Fridays and they would say, Hey, let's talk about, you know, how many calls everybody did. And they would, they would say it in front of the whole team. They'd be like, all right, John Smith, you know, 400 calls, you know, good, you know, had this many, this many closed deals. Hey, congratulations. And, you know, Jennifer, hey, great job. You had 390 calls, you had 10 closed deals. And Shane, you had uh, 46, 46 calls. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. I love this job. This is amazing. And they were like, you know, I know in their head, they're thinking, this isn't for you. We know, you know, the owner. And I, it was just because I just got, oh man, I'm really bothering people, you know? So anyways, I got out. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just so hard. Cause I'm like, I know they're eating dinner and nobody wants to refi today. I mean, they just don't, but anyways, I, that's awesome. So, okay. So you grew up, so Illinois, you got a little bit of a smaller town. How big was your family? Jeez. I've got a sister, uh, just, just a sister, small family. Um, you know, some uncle, an uncle and an aunt. So not, not a large family. My dad's a, was a retired uh, postal carrier and my mom was a cook. Definitely not entrepreneurs. You know, it was, uh, it was different. They actually got some resistance when I started getting into the affiliate marketing game. They're like, what are you doing? You got a job. I, I was a teacher at a, a detention room teacher on the track. Uh, I had a history education degree and it was on the same, like that uh, 10 year track. Yeah. They're like, Oh, don't give it up. Don't give it up. It's so secure. You Stability. get retirement. Yeah. Don't do it. That's too funny. What? And, and that's, and I think, I think a lot of, so my parents were, you know, was a nurse and a counselor. So had very stable jobs and, you know, they went up the thing, got their three, 5% raise and which is awesome. You know I mean? There's, there's definitely value. And then I realized that later on that the instability of being an entrepreneur, you know, obviously has its ups and downs in the beginning. I had great months and I have other months that I'm, you know, having to borrow, you know, taco money from friends. So, you know, now we, we build some stability over the years. Right. But I, I think that's interesting. So what any interesting facts growing up, like anything fun that's, you know, I mean, about the city you grew up in or growing up, uh, we, we had a decent basketball team. I was the captain of our team. And like I said, our school was super small and we did really well there. Uh, junior high, we won state in baseball. I'm trying to think of other interesting facts. You know, it's just a super, super small high school. Yeah. Um, 28 yeah, people. Got- that's, in- that's insane. Like that's just so I mean, is that, would you, and now this is, is this, and this is the naive question. Like when you date somebody, you pretty much can't date anybody else because everybody else knows everything about you. Like, how does that work? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you, yeah. you may, there, well, not only that, the attraction thing. There may oh, not yeah. be as many. So I, uh, I went to other schools and, you know, since I was, since I was good at sports, the other athletes knew me, would invite me to parties and to hang out and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's where I got to really meet a lot of people. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You got, you got a little, little size to you too, huh? Oh, geez, yeah. man. I'm, I'm huge right now. I mean, I was like 180 uh, point guard, six, three in high school. I mean like 280 now. <laughs> so and giant. That's, that's it. No, but I mean, you, you got, I don't mean big. I mean, but you got like some mass to you. Like I yeah, wouldn't yeah, want to, yeah. I wouldn't want to see you in an alley and go, Hey, what's up? I'm like, Oh, you know, hopefully we're, hopefully we're good. You know I mean? It's, it's, I, you got some size to him. I definitely work out. I just, I'm not very good on the dieting side. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. I, I actually, you know, it's funny. So I walk, I do walk probably about five miles a day, you know, like my workout and I get some work done and listen to music and audibles or whatever, but I have to do that because I'm Irish and I drink. 
So I like have like, I love crap, good craft beer. And so I literally, if I don't, then I would be, you know, I'd be sneaking. I'm only six one, but I mean, I would be sneaking up on, you know, I don't want to go. And I mean, I, I remember at one point I was about 240. This was a few years ago, but this actually, let me take that back. That was probably eight or nine years ago, but I, I get it, man. It's like, it's real easy to kind of like, you know, you know, whatever it is, it's like, you know, you kind of forget about things. You're like, man, I just went up 15 pounds and didn't even think about it, you know, but you can shed it pretty easily too. Right. I'm sure you're, you're probably one of those guys. And I, I get that. Mm-hmm. So where are you still in Illinois? I'm yeah, I'm in Illinois. I am about 15 minutes from St. Louis though. So my family and actually my wife's family are about an hour and a half away and we're kind of, we're in this nice suburb. It's probably the nicest one on the Illinois side. And it's, you know, it's really easy to get to St. Louis. There's a lot of great places to eat, more things to do. And then I can go home since it's not too terribly far. Uh, but it, yeah, it's that nice buffer with the family though. That's not a bad way to go. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I, you know, it's so funny. I, my first time in St. Louis was two years ago and I was speaking at an event. Um, oh, who was it? God, what was the name of the event? I can't remember the name of the event. There's, there's so many of them, but, um, and I love St. Louis, man. What a great mm. city. They had, um, obviously the barbecue. I was like literally eating barbecue as much barbecue as I could every night. I do think during that trip in five days, I think I gained seven pounds. Like I would, told my wife, I'm going to come back a different man. Cause I was like, there's just too many types of barbecue. And there was a, who was I, there was somebody else I interviewed. I was talking to him. I can't remember who it was. They have a dessert. That's like exclusive to St. Louis. It's like a, um, I don't know what it was. It was some gooey, ooey gooey or gooey, gooey butter cake. Oh God. I mean, that changed my life, bro. Like I, I, dude, <laughs> I had that and I was like, I don't, you know, I've never done meth or, or crack or heroin or something, but I'm assuming that's what it like sleep. Cause I couldn't Very get simple. enough of it. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I couldn't get enough of it. Like I told my wife, I was like, this, this changed my life. Like I might, mm-hmm. I might move to St. Louis and just eat this full time for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like it was that good. Definitely a good foodie spot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of options out there. I was, I was staying at the Marriott right there in the middle of town and there was just Mm -hmm. restaurants everywhere. And you know, anyways, good times, good times. So where did you, what about, so where did you go to college at? I went to Juco. I went to John A. Logan college first and got the associates. And then I went to SIU Southern Illinois university. I, uh, (laughs) I told my parents when I went to college that I was going to be own my own business, but I'm going to go to college. You guys want me to go to college. You're going to pay for it. I was very fortunate that my family saved money and would pay for my college. But I remember it was about year four and I'm still kind of treading water, hadn't quite got across the finish line. I was like, I need to get serious here. So I, I ended up getting a degree in history education. And from there, I got a job at a small high school, Heron High School. I was there Started out as a freshman basketball coach and then kind of leapfrog all the way up to JV at the high school level and got hired as a detention room teacher. It wasn't so the thing that was great is I got the same pay. It was on the same pay grade as teachers. And it also added up to my tenure. So if I did detention room for three years and taught my fourth, I would have been a four-year teacher. And that's kind of where it all began is in that detention room. I was just surfing the net looking for how to make money online. And that's really how I got started in digital marketing. That is funny. So you went on the teacher side of things. Parents were happy. Like, yes, he's got a stable yeah. job and then had a little extra time. You're like, Hey, I got this thing called the internet. I'm going to go ahead and start doing my own business. And they said, God, he's failing us. What, what have we done? 
Here goes Chris. He's going to go out. It's right. They're like, what happened? You were so stable for three years. Damn it. Well, it is what it is, right? And look at, I mean, but now you can go tell your parents, hey, I was on Shane Barker's podcast. I'm sure they're going to have no idea who I am, but you can tell them. I'm not sure if he's a big deal. We know that at least his mom and his aunt and a few other people listen to the podcast. So that's that's exciting. The numbers are growing. Well, I feel like my mom has Google alerts installed for anything Mm -hmm. that I do. So she may see this. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. <laughs> See, mom, look at guess who made it, mom? Your little Chris. <laughs> look at that big boy style. I love this. So, how did you? I, I kind of want to talk about, you know, I want to talk about SEO, right? The, I don't know. We'll talk about some of the different things we've got there. So, how long have you been doing SEO for? Like, at what point did you jump into the SEO game? Let's see, 2006. So, 15 years. Crazy, isn't it? Really? 15 years ago. Was it even called SEO? Yeah. Like I remember when I jumped in it, it was, it wasn't SEO and then somebody dubbed it SEO and then we had the name SEO. Like it was one of those weird things. 15 years, dude. Yeah. You remember this guy right here? Yeah. (laughs) Look at that. That's a classic hitting the press releases, just Mm -hmm. getting articles written. Oh yeah. That's classic. Here, you got to, you, so tell tell everybody what the, what that says. Yeah. 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 So I'm holding up a mug. It's called easing articles. Back in the day, this was like the best source of backlinks that gave me goosebumps like i was like oh snap you got that mug like i don't how many of they, those give out i like give out like 10 of those or something i mean yeah that's oh a, geez that's i had so many pin names i probably had 20 30 of those mugs back in the day oh yeah yeah because the thing was is that's i mean that was the spot right that was like hey yeah. you want to go get links and it was it got hot until google was like no we're not doing that anymore no longer yeah, gonna... about, about 2012 it got smacked yeah. around a little bit there yeah yeah they did a little little drop in ranking so so god 15 years and then when did you um for rankings.io when did you start that when was that come your fruition yeah great question in 2013 i launched my agency but it was called a attorneyrankings.org and the whole that the whole story was you know I'm air quotes full service marketing agency basically taking any project to hustle and make revenue <laughs> and after a few years niched down to just SEO because our margins were better that's also where it fit in the Venn diagram of you know purpose passion profit uh, it all came in alignment for SEO that was my background too in affiliate marketing we can go down that route too I got some crazy stories there but um, the after a few more years, then niched down to just PI SEO. And there was a point I was at Vistage and it's a basically like a peer group. And I would get together with other business owners once a month and we would do business reviews. And my business review came up and the advice was, Chris, you're doing great with attorneyrankings.org you need to offer your services to other industries, physicians, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're right. I should. So I bought rankings.io that domain so that I would have the opportunity to go after these other industries. Now in retrospect, it was definitely the wrong decision to spin out. Now I got clients and dental clients and home services, but it just slowed down my momentum. I kind of lost my identity, the, the benefit of niching. So I quickly reverted back to just legal but that's why I transitioned from that domain to just the single word domain. That's where it came from. I've never really shared that uh, publicly, but that's what happened. So that's interesting. And you know, what's, what's interesting is because I, I think, you know, it's especially in, in when it comes to backlinks and, and having those, 
like there's certain industries that become easier. Like I'll give you an example. I think this was probably three years ago, four years ago, something we thought about doing attorney stuff. We're like, Hey, maybe we should jump into the attorney game. The issue was, is that we've done so much in the like SaaS space and, you know, entrepreneurial space and different things. Like we, we had such a good, like, it was very easy for us to get mentions and stuff on other websites. And we jumped in because there wasn't the reason was that's what it was. An attorney reached out to us and had a good budget. And you know how that is when you're young and dumb and you're like, oh, you got a budget like, you know, anything over a thousand bucks is amazing. And then we're like struggling to get these backlinks and these things. You realize that you've carved, we've carved out a nice little niche, obviously not in the attorney realm, right? Where we can, I can get a link any day of the week for the most part for my clients. And I think that's probably what you realize, right? You're like, hey, we're doing this dentist thing. And not that you can't do what you're doing, but you're, you're also, there's more things that need to be figured out, right? When you already have it figured out on the attorney side of things. And, you know, in theory, we would think, hey, you want to multiple revenue streams, like, hey, you got to bring on, you know, dentists right. and, and surgeons and like, you know, physical therapy or whatever, you know, whatever this is. And you're like, God, that makes sense. And tell you like, wait a second, there's uh, 1 million attorneys in the United States and I'm not working with anywhere close to a million. So guess what? Like, why don't we just niche down and keep it that way? So I think it makes total sense. I know it sucks because you know, you, the peers are saying, hey, go out and branch out. And you're like, God, that makes total sense until you do it. And you're like, right. why did I do that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, totally. There's there's so many unrelated like things that you just don't think about on the outside. Just think about profit-based efficiencies for your operations. Every every industry that you work with, you need an editorial calendar and to do keyword research. So even from the legal industry specifically, you'd have to create a legal calendar for criminal defense, bankruptcy, family law, yeah, all the different areas of law versus just focusing on PI, I can make one foundational one. Now, some specialize in different areas of PI, but at least I have a foundation to work off of instead of this bespoke type of situation every time I work with a new industry. I love that. So you've even gone from even from attorneys down to PI, like now you've even niched down even further. You're like, listen, how many, do you know how many PI attorneys there are in the United States? Do you have those numbers? I should know, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, no, don't. I, just was, I was just, cause the thing it's like, who can, I mean, I guess for me is if there's 20,000, I mean, how many do you need to close if there's 20,000 right. or 50,000 or a hundred thousand it's, and that's where I think people get. And even I, I think the problem is, and I know that I was this way early on, I would, you know, and you kind of touched on it, you know, we'll take on any client that has a budget in the beginning, right? You're like, oh, it's, you know, 50 bucks. I don't care. Let's do it. You know, okay, we'll make it work. And, but you realize over time that it's like, you, it really doesn't have to, you don't have to go over after everything. Like we used to do websites and we used to do this and do that. We did so many things and it's like, we're great or good at so many things, but we're not great at too much. You know, it's like, it doesn't, it's just yeah. too much to take on. Yeah. And even, even attorneys themselves don't self-identify as attorneys. They self-identify as a bankruptcy attorney, a criminal defense attorney, yeah. a personal injury attorney. It's very rare. I mean, someone may write attorney, but they're probably working for the business owner, the DM. And yeah. that's also kind of a pet peeve for me when I see industry or agencies talk about niching down into home services. Well, who calls themselves home services? No, it's electrician, plumber, yeah. carpenter, and... Yeah, I think that, especially in the legal vertical with how saturated it is, geez, you, somebody wants a business opportunity, go specialize in criminal defense attorneys. There you go. Huge market, wildly untapped. And I just think that's important to, to highlight. No, I think that's awesome. Awesome. So you guys heard it first. This is the new, new industry to go after. Chris has already got personal injury unlocked. No need to go there. Um, go outside there. And, and he just gave you the, the, the place to go after. So 
when did you, I mean, I'm just trying to think, so that was okay. So 2013 started, um, that's when you, is that when you try to do some other things and then you, you said, okay, Hey, we, when did you go back to doing just attorney PI stuff? That was around 2016. So there was just that, that brief period where it was like a six month period. It wasn't very long, but in that time we really jacked up a lot of things. So we changed our website. We, change all of our copywriting and, and just, it was just a, a big mess that we had to fix. So we definitely, we definitely messed up a lot of things in that period. I mean, I think we all did. We, you and I could probably talk three hours on the different things that we messed up, but that's where, that's what makes you stronger is from an SEO perspective yeah. and from just a business perspective. Like you got to try all kinds of stuff and we look at it and we can look at it now and go, yeah, that was kind of dumb. I shouldn't have done that. But you know what I did? And it took me to where I'm at today. So maybe there was a reason for it. Maybe it was foundational. So, you know, sure. I love it. I love hearing your journey. Like I said, there's a lot of similarities. Um, what do you, I mean, what kind of advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are trying to find their niche? Like, what did you, I mean, for you, what was that point where you said, listen, I'm, I'm, why go after all attorneys or go after dentists and everything? Like what, what was that, that pivoting point where you said, listen, there's enough of these out there. Like I should just niche down and, and, and keep it here. I'm glad you asked that because I actually have a different piece of, of advice than many coaches will say. A lot of the coaches will say, start with your niche. And I'm more in the Epstein, David Epstein's book, Range, uh, Why Generalists Win in a Specialized World. I think that's what the name of the book is. Mm -hmm. uh, close variation of that. Yeah. But basically the whole premise of his book is you need to have all these experiences to then determine what you what you have a passion for or a real um, mm. or, or something that you're great at, because and he used the example of uh, Nadal in his book. If it, Nadal did all these sports and didn't know that he was going to be great at tennis, but once he knew, then he could go in and specialize in and be a tennis player. But imagine that if he just went and played basketball then you don't know how great of a, a tennis player he could have been. So in my eyes, I think if you're, if you're new and you really don't know what industry you should go into, you should probably experiment with multiple industries and figure out which one resonates with you. You want to make sure that you use your sphere of influence, your natural connections to help with that momentum. Like you were talking about earlier in SaaS and, and your industry, you've got all this momentum and these relationships. It's, you know, it's easier for you to acquire links and to go in that area. Now I have no relationships in, in let's say uh, the physician world, not really. So it would be a lot of uh, effort to start from scratch and build that momentum. And I think that makes sense. I, I mean, in the beginning, you have to kind of go after everything and see once again, what you like or where you have the best connections at, right? I mean, that's kind Absolutely. of, that's it. Yeah, and the other thing is, I would have never guessed in a million years that I would be specializing in personal injury law. I always just thought legal, but, but until I got into that industry, I didn't know that that opportunity existed. Yeah. And I think that makes total sense, right? You kind of go after the more general thing and you say, Hey, I really like doing websites or I like doing content marketing, or I like doing SEO or whatever that is, but you definitely have to try the other stuff and find out which one is going to be, I think makes the most sense, right? I mean, from a financial standpoint, but also from, you know, be able to put processes in place and with your team and, and you're like, you talked about your sphere of, of influence the people you have around you and how it can be easy to pull in these types of clients because you already have 80% of that done. Thanks, Chris. That was a rocking conversation, man. I'm sure the budding entrepreneurs among my audience will appreciate all the great advice you brought to the table. For our listeners, thanks for being a part of this episode. But there's lots more to come. 
On my next episode, Chris joins us for a discussion about the intricacies of attorney SEO. So stay tuned to the Marketing Growth Podcast. Thank you.